Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we're going to have the topic, or excuse me, topics. Uh, first, we're going to be going over quotes from the Patriots, quotes from the American Patriots, and also a message or sermon, you can call it, Who is Controlling You? Who is Controlling You? So the first uh, quote we have um, is from a president, actually, a president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and he said, in the formative days of the republic, the directing influence the Bible exercised upon the fathers of the nation is conspicuously evident. This book continues to hold its un challenged place at the most loved and most quoted and the most universally read and pondered of all the volumes which our libraries contain. We cannot read the history of our wise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. I suggest a nationwide reading of the Holy Scriptures for a renewed and strengthening contact with those eternal truths and majestic principles which have inspired this measure of true greatness as a nation has achieved. And uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, not one of the greatest presidents around, but he stated America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture. So, you know, even those that may have not been the great, the greatest presidents, um, they, they recognized how important the Bible was, even though uh, their mentality and the things that they were wanting to do were not aligned with the Bible, but at least they did recognize the Bible to be very important, which it is, and that's what our nation was founded on. Now, President Teddy Roosevelt said, the teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally, I do not mean figuratively, I mean literally, impossible for us to figure to ourselves what that life would be if these teachings were removed. We would lose almost all the standards of which we now judge both public and private morals. All the standards towards which we, with more or less resolution, strive to raise ourselves. Almost every man who has by his life work added to the sum of human achievement of which the face is the race is proud of which our people are proud almost every such man has based his life work largely upon the teachings of the bible and let's see and president andrew jackson said in the bible in quotes is the rock on which our republic rests uh, Abraham Lincoln said the Bible is the best gift God has given to men all the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book but for it we could not know right from wrong and then if you go 
let's go to some of the patriots, the actual ones who signed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And here's um, Benjamin Rush, signer of the Declaration. The Bible contains contains more knowledge necessary to man in the present state than any other book in the world. By renouncing the Bible, philosophers swing from their moorings upon all moral subjects. It is the only correct map of the human heart that ever has published, has been published. And John Jay, president of the Continental Congress, author of the Federalist Papers, the Bible of Quoted, the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. John Quincy Adams, who was also a president, no book in the world deserves to be so unceasingly studied and so profoundly meditated upon as the Bible, the first and almost the only book deserving such universal recommendation is the Bible. Okay, now, we have another sign of the Constitution. William Samuel Johnson stated, Remember that you are the redeemed of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, that you are Bought with a price, First Corinthians chapter six, verse twenty. Even the in, inestimable price of the precious blood of the Son of God. Acquaint yourselves with Him in His Word and the holy ordinances. As you can see, uh, God and His Word, the Bible, is what made America great. Not the people, but God. But the people reading. And studying the word of God and serving God where they repented of their sins or their law breaking. Then they came with a sorrowful heart and that's for forgiveness or repentance. Then they transferred the trust from themselves to Christ alone. Then started reading the Bible daily without fail and doing what it says. These were doers of the word and not just hearers only. They actually did it. And you can read, there's much more to go, but it would take a long time. But you have all these presidents and signers or whatever who, who knew the importance of, of the Bible. Because it is important. It's very, very, very important. Alright. So now, if you have your if you have your Bibles with you, or you can look up it on your phone, or you can um, get your Bible out, which is good to have. And I'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it easier. Uh, my preference is the King James Version, but also I read the NIV, the, uh, the English Standard Version, Living Bible, stuff like that. Uh, just to make it a little easier, but my main go-to is the King James. But I know the day is... The day and time that we live in, it's not used a whole lot because people want it simple. Simple, which is fine as long as you know the Word of God. But you have to be careful with which edition you use uh, because you have a lot that are more uh, liter literature than they are of the Bible. It's kind of been watered down. So you have to be careful. I 
would recommend the King James, New King James, the NIV, New International Version. Uh, the English Standard Version is very good, and the Living Bible is good. And the rest of them, I'm not too sure about this right offhand. So, who is controlling you? Who is controlling you? Let's read in Mark chapter 14, verse 1 through 2. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But, verse 2, but not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. Okay, so you notice I say they weren't going to do it beforehand because the people may riot, right? Because they were scared of the majority. They were a minority, so, just like in America and around the world, uh, evil governments um, who try to to put division is because they're scared of the people. They know if the people ever work together, they would be history. So, not only do we have to work together, but we have to be involved, which is why we're in a place today that is um, so negative and de destructive and we've we've gone through a lot uh, since the uh, the election and the things that happened were evil so therefore we got we are watching good and evil take place there's a quote and I forget who said it but it said uh, for evil to flourish for good men good men to do nothing it's also in the book of proverbs that you could find that you can just push it in your search engine and just uh put that in and it give you the quote and it'll give you the scripture verses too but so the the main reason why we're in a place today because the churches have quit preaching on heaven and hell they want to preach heaven without hell but you can't have heaven unless you know about hell you can't have repentance they're asking for forgiveness if you don't realize that you've sinned we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god we all lie um we all have stolen something whether it's just borrow it not bring it back it's it's stealing it doesn't matter if you do it when you're a child it doesn't matter you do it one time then you're guilty of the whole law the whole um, law of God which is the Ten Commandments so we've all done these things you know we've looked we looked at what somebody else had so I wish I had it well that's coveting wanting what somebody else has that's three right there so you see we're guilty in fact in the book of Jeremiah it says that the heart is desperately wicked who can know it so this you know I hear these statements that well, basically, mankind is good. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Jesus had to come because we're evil. Jesus had to come because we can't save ourselves. We need someone else to save us from God's moral law because, you see, God is a righteous and holy judge. That's also been removed from a lot of the church. Not all of them, but a large amount of them. Therefore, you have people going astray, like the Bible says, in the New Testament, it says it's like the blind leading the blind, the blind, and everybody falls in the ditch together. So, therefore, we need Jesus.
Because Jesus is the one-time holy sacrifice that never sinned. Because he was God in the flesh, or also known as the Son of God. So that's why we must come his way. You can't go any way you want to. People will tell you that, but they're wrong. It, it kind of amazes me how people want facts on everything else about life. Then they'll study and go to college for something that they want to make a better living or whatever. Or you have those that are like married to their to their gym and stuff and want their body to be great and all like this stuff and healthy. But they completely leave out the spiritual part. They'll believe anything about spiritual. So we can die at any time. People die all the time. Some young, some old, whatever. You know, you, you can be killed all kind of different ways if you think about it. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of ways we can die. But we, we don't want to think of that if we think somehow, some way we're going to heaven because we're wonderful. And that's, that is, you have people that says, if there's a heaven, then I expect to go there. Really? So it's kind of like if somebody comes knocking on your door with a suitcase and says, Hi, my name is such and such, and I'm going to start living here. What are you going to tell them? You'll tell them, Get out of here. I don't know you. There's something wrong with you. You know, just leave. You know, I've never, I, I have no relationship with you, and I don't know you from Adam. Right? It's the same thing. So you're going to go to God and say, Well, I deserve to go to heaven. No. It doesn't work that way. Because we've broken God's moral law, we're separated from Him then the only way to be not separated from God is to come through Jesus. And you can only come through the straight and narrow way. That means you have to come the way God says to, which is how? Realizing you've broken God's moral law and being sorry for it. Then coming to God and say, God, I repent or I'm sorry for all my sins. Then you transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. But also repentance means to get away from sin, to stop sinning, working on stop sinning. And how do you do that? By reading the Bible daily and doing what it says. Because the only way to get to know God and get close to God and realize that we need to be holy before God and that we are sinners needing a Savior is by reading His Word, the Old and New Testament. But if, you, if you're brand new to being a Christian, I would recommend you read the New Testament first and start in the book of John to give you some basics. But then as you read the New Testament, you need to be reading some of the Old Testament because that's how you get the whole knowledge of God and what he's all about. You see, God is a, uh, he's a righteous and holy judge of the universe. So therefore, he must judge because he is good. People say, well, why does a good God allow all this stuff. Well, the reason why all this stuff goes on is because we live in a fallen world. Started back in Adam and Eve. When God gave them um, the paradise, they were uh, um, had it made and everything was there for them. And all they had to do was just do one thing and that is obey God. So God put one tree in there. He said, don't eat from that or you'll surely die, which meant spiritually you were die and also physically you're going to die down the road. So Satan came as a snake and says he beguiled Eve or he he fooled Eve by saying, well, are you sure that's what God said? And he convinced her that it was okay to eat that. So when she did, what happened? She broke the covenant that God had with them. Then she got Adam to eat it. And then so both of them, they had the fruit. The God said, don't eat it, but you got all the rest of this here to eat. You got all the fruit, everything's 
here for you, but they couldn't even do that. And since then, we live in a fallen world because what happened when Adam did that, then uh, uh, um, the rest of the world were it was transferred to Satan. So that's why it says he's the um, he's the prince of this world. But God is the God of this world, and he actually controls everything. But because of what happened, that's where everything is corrupt, and everything dies. And you have uh, this world, you know, changes constantly. That's why you have seasons. You have, um, you have winter, and you have spring, and summer, and fall, and all that. But before it was perfect. But now we go through all these different things because of that. And that's why we live in a cup world, and, and that's why bad things happen. Because God gives us free will. And from the very beginning, we we broke what he told us to do. We broke his commandments. And it's been like that ever since. So don't think, you know, we always want to be self-righteous and come up with with different things. Why God should do this, that, and the other thing instead of looking at ourselves. All you got to do is look in the mirror. That's the problem right there. So the best thing we can do is what? Come to Christ. Okay, let me read some some of the stuff from the last days. Uh, no, I mean, oh, uh, this is a. Uh, let me see. Let me see. This is First Corinthians, actually, First Corinthians chapter one, uh, chapter two. All right, and it says, and started at verse eighteen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Verse 20, this is NIV now, the International Verse. It's a little different from the King James. Verse 20, Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. You see, you got to believe. We all got to believe in something. Isn't it amazing now you say, well, I just can't believe in God, really? But every notice you go to a doctor and they'll tell you to sit down and you just do what they say and you're not only are you trusting the doctor, but you're trusting that chair to hold you up. You don't even know if, it, if it's going to fall apart or not. Then all of a sudden you see some guy in a white coat or whatever or he just tells you, well, I'm the doctor, blah, 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 and you don't even question it. You just do whatever they ask you to do. Take off your clothes or whatever so they can check you, whatever the case may be. But you just, you automatically believe that it's okay or... Uh, you go on the plane, you don't go ask for the the pilot's credentials and all like that. You just sit in your seat like you're told to, and you just believe that it's going to be fine, and you believe that that guy knows what he's doing, the dark girl, man, whatever, that the pilot knows what they're doing. You don't question that, but you can't believe in God who created the universe. Just look around you, the trees and the water and the uh, the mountains and the sky and and everything and the uh the birds and the bees and uh, puppy dogs and rabbits and kitties and all that kind of stuff and the deers and everything that goes around. Something created this. just like a building. Something created that building. It, it, it just didn't create itself. Just like a painting. you got to have a painter to make a painting. It's just not going to create itself. If you read a book, that book didn't create itself. The, the book just didn't fall in front of you. The pages just fell into the 
here's a binder and then the print just fell on it and if it has any pictures just kind of fell into it and there you go no uh -uh. so all that thing about I believe we came from apes and all that kind of stuff the only way that they say they can prove it is because of millions and millions of years but they can't prove it because they weren't there you know then they go well you know um, well we have all these different species and and all this stuff and then the guy that wrote the book about that um, we came from apes and all this kind of stuff he he claims well look at all the different uh, species out there right but still the same kind if it's if it's a wolf or whatever it's still the dog and the wolf came from the same kind the species may be different but it's still the same kind the birds may have different beaks uh, different kind of feathers or whatever but it's still a bird it's the kind which because they say well how did the animals get on Noah's Ark if it was real because there were just so he said two of a kind not species so you had like two dogs whatever and they were probably now the ark was real big but he also fitted all the animals there probably because they were very young so they hadn't fully grown and you could fit all that male and female birth whatever you know but you see we don't want to tackle that because it's e easier to believe a lie if you notice somebody will tell a lie about somebody else and you'll say oh really tell me all about it because you like to hear about what somebody else did not what we did but we like to hear all these lies because it's easy to believe but the truth sometimes you have to investigate it. sometimes you have to work at it to make sure it's a truth but you see people are naturally lazy so we have to overcome that now there's some people that are different but the majority of people are about the same because remember we have to learn we're not animals we don't have instincts we have to be taught so if you're taught the wrong thing you're going to go through life learning the wrong thing to learn the truth is hard because people don't like to change and that's a fact we like to do what we want to do when we want to do it and how we want to do it but you see God is the, he's exclusive not inclusive you got to go his way not always lead to wrong okay now let me read you about um, of 2 Timothy chapter 3 on the last days. This is still the NIV version. Starting at verse 3. But, mar uh, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Two people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Or, or, excuse me. I mean that's uh, verse 2. People will, will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy. Verse 3. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good verse 4 treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people now let me let me stay with that particular uh sentence there where it says having a form of godliness but denying the power of there's people who have who can speak the Christian little verses, you know, speak like they're like they're Christians and they may go to church and all this other stuff, but they're still denying the power of their office. They say, well, what does that mean? Well, that means you have a form of God. That means you're religious, but you do not know God. You don't know Jesus Christ. You've never truly repented and turned, put your trust completely in Christ alone as you would a 
parachute if you're in a plane that's about to crash and you got a whole little parachute that's going to save you from the jump to come even though you have some people there who don't believe the plane's going to crash maybe they're crazy or just drunk or whatever the case may be but they're making fun of you and you said i don't care this is going to save me from the jump to come and you hold on to it well, that's what jesus is going to do he's going to save us from the judgment to come and keep us out of hell and hell is described which you can read in luke chapter 16 which describes about lazarus and the rich man and it describes hell very clearly and you can get the message from that but it says it'll be burning that means you'll be burning in hell you'll have a special body that cannot be burned up so you'll be burning in hell uh it says gnashing your teeth and grinding your teeth because the pain is so bad and you'll be or you'll be brutalized from demonic beings that's in there to torture those who rejected God, then you have to pay the price for eternity where there's no time. And it also states where there's sulfur, so that means you can't hardly breathe at all. And you're always thirsty, like a thirst you've never had. And it can never be quenched. And you'll suffer forever and ever because you've rejected Christ in your life. You died without repentance, without realizing you're broken God's moral law, which is lying, stealing, and that means anything. I mean, a little white lie, right? So it's like, like we lied when we were children. That counts right there. Um, once you know right from wrong, you know that you're lying all like that. You're guilty. Then also, like if you borrow something, you never bring it back, or you just literally steal something, whatever, you know. So right there, real good. Even as a paperclip, doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter. It's the act, the intent. God is going to judge the intent of our heart. You know? Uh, um, have you ever looked at another person with lust? That according to, to Jesus, we've committed adultery. Have you ever hated anyone? That's the same in the Bible, according to Christ, is the same as murdering someone because you hate them. You see, right there, we're all guilty. Every one of us, myself included. I'm the... Uh, the wicked of the wicked you know i'm a wicked sinner you know we all are wicked we got to understand we're not good we keep hearing that but that's a sat satanic lie to make people think they're great and they're not do you want to be surprised when you die and you lift your eyes in hell burning forever with a memory of all the times you could have came to christ and rejected it or never bothered to even find out about it Plus having to suffer forever and ever. It's too late. Once you're in hell, there's no coming out. When you could have gone to heaven and be with God where there's no pain, there's no memory of the past with all the bad things like that, it's only good. With a brand new body, never getting old. You can eat, but you're never hungry. You can drink, but you're never thirsty. It's amazing. You know, that's what. That's why you need to get facts about eternity. What God is really about and what he expects us to do. You can fool yourself if you want to. But let me tell you, living without God. According to the book of Proverbs, say there's a way, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So if that's what you want, just all you have to do is do nothing. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Don't bother with God or anything else. Don't even bother reading the Bible or anything. But if this is convicting you, then you need to get right with God. What's getting right with God? Getting right with God. Because I heard somebody else, because I told them, you know, we need, we need to get right with God to overcome because somebody had died. 
And, she, and this person thought that getting right with God was partying more. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Getting right with God is come, realizing you've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, which you can find in the book of Exodus, the Old Testament, chapter 20. You can read that. It'll tell you very clearly, real simply. There's nothing hard about the Bible. The only time people say it's hard is when they don't want to do it or they don't want to find out or doesn't agree with what they want to do. So, let me read some scripture to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing, renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And uh, see, this is King James also. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, you know you're evil. We all know we do bad things all the time. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. See what I told you? If you break one, you've broken them all. Um, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and 13, King James Version. The verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's just that simple. Now uh, let me read to you real quick the Ten Commandments. Okay? Thou shalt have no other gods before before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. That means don't make a god of your own, which we have done. We make a god that's okay with everything we do in our mind, and that's not the god of the Bible. Uh, number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That means don't use God's name as a cuss word because he's holy. And in the Old Testament, that would be instant death for doing that. Uh, number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So that's, uh, if you take a day to serve the Lord, normally we do Sundays here. In the Jewish calendar, it would be Saturday. You know, but you, you must have a day for the Lord. Verse five, honor thy father and thy mother. Then if you read that, it goes on that, that your days will be long, be long on the earth. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, uh, would you do that different ways if you're married and you see somebody else? Or if you, you have sex before marriage? Um, if uh, uh, you, you look at somebody sexually, whatever, it's the same thing as adultery in your heart. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness, which is lying. Have you ever lied? We all have. We'd call them small lies or whatever, little white lies. The lies, the lie, don't matter. Number 10, thou shalt not covet. That means want what somebody else has. And I'm pretty sure we've all pretty much broken all these. Okay, let me give you some resources that you can go to to help you out. You can watch this stuff on YouTube and also go to the website. So YouTube and website. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersingenesis.org. Wall Builders with David Borton, 
and tell you about the the Christian American history and about all how how America was uh, was created through godly uh, godly servants and also how the Bible is important and also Dr. Walter Martin WalterMartin.com and all these you can also find on YouTube really good stuff also watch on YouTube called 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise fan Fantastic! He gives his testimony. It'll blow your mind. If you if you're listening to this on, on YouTube, please click and subscribe and hit the bell to follow. And if you're watching this on podcast, there's a you know if you do want to donate to help us continue in what we're doing, um, then you, on both YouTube and uh, the podcast, which is a uh, is a uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and um, uh, let's see, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. So you can find us on. Uh, right at the bottom there, it has like information, and and you can uh, you can um, you can give online if that's something you would like to do. All right, and you can email me if you want information, or ask questions, whatever. At Bible Education Institute at gmail.com and also you can get books and bibles very good prices you new and used you go to abe books online s a b e and books thrift books online you can go to amazon and all the rest of them uh, but those those two there are the a books and thrift books you can get them pretty cheap and also think you got like bible.com stuff like that and you can go online and read stuff and you can all there all there's all kind of bible apps also and also, you can go to TT, you can put in your search engine, TCT Network, and you can also watch it on YouTube. But if you go to Network, you can get everything. And uh, the two things I recommend is Faith and History with William Federer and Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Really good stuff. Really good stuff, and it'll help you along. And uh, so, so that's it for today. And you need to. Uh, do this and do it now. Get it right with God today. Until the next time, be blessed.